A strange-looking pointy ship approaches the orbital and lands on pad one. As the hangar bay doors close, its canopy slides back and two figures emerge. The first is tall and lean, wearing a metallic dominator suit with blackened outvisor and is armed to the teeth. The second is a tiny, wide-eyed humanoid with huge ears that looks slightly green around the gills, wearing a loose-fitting robe and carrying no obvious weapons. This one looks much less threatening. They make their way to the lift and up into the parade. The first figure scans the crowds and makes their way towards a group of nearby locals. Most shrink away as the pair approach, except one hapless yokel with her back turned. Which way is Studio 5? asks the stranger. It's, uh, that way, replies the startled bumpkin, pointing to a corridor. The tiny humanoid makes a noise that could be a word of thanks, and they set off. Further along, they meet a station engineer coming towards them. The tall figure puts his hand out to stop the engineer. We're looking for Studio 5, he says. Is this the way? This is the way, replies the engineer. They arrive at Studio 5 and step inside. The radio crew stop what they're doing and look into the silence as the small humanoid steps forward and raises its arms with a hopeful look. As Flossie picks the tiny creature up and deposits it onto a seat, the tall armoured figure says, I told you I'd find your apology, officer. Now, do you have some butter? I bought this helmet in a sale from Eddie Lee Wise and now it's jammed on. As Flossie reaches into her bag of emergency supplies, the apology officer stretches to reach a button on the desk and says, Our mics are live. I'm Sandy Crevis, and I just bought a cheap X34 Landspeeder from some kid. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and I am strong with the Force. I'm Mia Harkness, and I'm excited because I can reach the console buttons. I'm Norma Snuckers, and I'll Force Pan you if you touch that again. You don't need to hear our banter. We can go about our business. We should read the headlines. Galactic Gala goes gaga. Commander Chicks's fashion faux pas sparks new trend. A massive horn and some undercrackers as Hutton continues its Blue Peter, here's one I made earlier campaign. Too hot, too messy, week 39 update. The chaotic consequences of flushing your mug. A report. Hackswing update from Atrus5060. And the BGS News. It appears that even the most stylish among us can make a fashion faux pas, as demonstrated by one of our very own. Commander Chicks, at the recent presidential campaign fundraiser held by independent candidate Zachary Rackham. 
The event was held in the luxurious and exclusive setting of the Galactic Palace on the pristine world of Neom and brought together some of the galaxy's wealthiest and most influential individuals. The evening was full of glitz and glamour, with attendees donning their finest and most daring outfits, and Commander Chix was tasked with covering the event for Hutton Orbital. Business magnate and guest of honour Zachary Rackham himself arrived in a metallic silver suit complete with a large flamboyant bow tie that left many wondering if he had borrowed it from a circus clown. Meanwhile, celebrity guests like Ice Caster, Sura Akayan and media mogul Elias Metaxas opted for more understated looks, but still managed to raise eyebrows with their unconventional fashion choices. But perhaps the most memorable fashion moment of the evening was when Anya Blackriver, Rackham's campaign manager and PR consultant, arrived wearing a giant glittering diamond on her head. The accessory was so large that it obscured most of her face, leaving many to wonder if she had accidentally stumbled into a jewellery store and become stuck. However, it was Commander Chix who stole the show with his unique take on the Met Gala theme of In Space No One Can Hear You Scream. The Commander's outfit was not quite what the audience had expected, as rather than his usual refined and elegant style, he showed up wearing a neon pink jumpsuit, adorned with glitter and sequins and matching knee-high boots and a feather boa. To top it off, he was wearing a bright green top hat adorned with plastic fruit. The outfit, while undoubtedly eye-catching, left many of the attendees scratching their heads in confusion. Despite the backlash, Commander Chix re remained unapologetic and doubled down on his outfit choice in subsequent interviews. He stated that he was simply trying to push the boundaries of fashion and bring some fun and excitement to the event, in the form of, a lim of limericks about the other attendees. While many were taken aback by the chick's outfit, it seems that he may have sparked a new trend among the more daring fashionistas of the galaxy, where we have seen large surges in the sales of neon jumpsuits and fruit-adorned headwear in the days following event, the event, which suggests that Commander Chicks may have been onto something after all. His highlight from the main stage was the roasting of the host towards the end of the night, with the rather pointy, there was a politician named Rackham, who into his parties did pack him. His guests got so drunk, their inhibitions all sunk, and now blackmails why they've chosen to back him. It's safe to say that Commander Chix knows how to make statements with his fashion choices. Although it may not have been to everyone's taste, the neon pink jumpsuit and fruit adorned hat certainly got people talking. It's claimed that the banana was for scale, and the melon on his shoulder was an avant-garde attempt to look like Zephyr Beeblebrock's. Adding to the controversy, the fact that Hutton Orbital, a fiercely independent cooperative of systems, attended the gala in support of Rackham's candidacy, raised eyebrows amongst some political circles. President Hudson of the Federation is rumoured to be taking it as an affront that, that they would support such a gregarious and eccentric character as Rackham over him. That, and the pink neon jumpsuit he was planning to wear as his own fundraiser was sagging in all the wrong places, making him look like an accident in a blancmange factory. In attendance at the gala was Hutton Orbital's very own faction leader, the fluffy Alvin Difa, and his aide-de-camp, Snoz. Alvin's presence added a touch of fluffy charm and whimsy to the already colourful event, though the addition of a Hudson-shaped squeaky chew did not go unnoticed. It remains to be seen what impact the gala will have on the presidential race, but one thing is for sure, 
Commander Chicks' fashion sense will be the talk of the galaxy for quite some time to come. In a recent attempt by the Hutton Orbital News Technical Division to update, upgrade the technical field... Start again. In a recent attempt by the Hutton Orbital News Technical Division to upgrade the shutdown field neutralizer, they have resorted to using a massive horn, a standard shutdown neutralizer, and some carbon fiber caustic cloudproof underpants. This follows their failed attempt to upgrade the mug catapult using a makeshift trebuchet and a catapult designed for small rodents. The team responsible for this latest invention includes Dr. I.C. Clearly, Innovation Consultant, Professor W.R. Ong, Over-Optimistic Nerd Guru, and Engineer I.M. Awkward. That's inept mechanic. According to Dr. Clearly, the Thargoid Maelstroms pose a significant threat to the Hutton Mug Deliveries HMD fleet and the neutralizers upgrade is necessary to ensure that they can safely navigate through these dangerous regions. However, some have questioned whether the official shutdown neutralizer is sufficient for this task. The Hutton Orbital Truckers Mug Every Single Station Hot Mess team believes that the official shutdown neutralizer is not up to the task and has called for the development of a custom solution. The massive horn as mentioned in previous week's news, some of the techs had lying around from a recent sport event, they noticed that the horn produced a high-pitched noise that could disrupt the Thargoid shutdown fields, which gave them the idea to integrate it into the neutralizer. But just as that was beginning, they also added a pair of cardboard fibre caustic cloudproof underpants to the mix. These underpants made from the finest materials and crafted with the utmost precision are designed to protect our commanders from the corrosive Thargoid maelstroms that have been wreaking havoc on our supply lines. Now, you might be wondering why anyone in their right mind would want to venture into the heart of a Thargoid invasion, but the answer is simple, hut and mug deliveries. We know that our pilots are willing to go to great lengths to get their hands on a steaming and rather tepid mug of Centauri Mega Gin, but I, and we're not about to let a few alien invaders stand in the way. Of course, some commanders might argue that we should stick with the official shutdown neutralizer instead of inventing our own contraptions. But let's be real here, where's the fun in that? We're hot in orbital and we do things our way. Plus, who knows what kind of crazy upgrades we might come up with in the future. In any case, other commanders are taking a more conventional route and following Flossie's lead by participating in the community goal. We applaud their efforts, but we also believe that innovation is the key to success in these trying times. So, if you see a hut and delivery commander out in the middle of a Thargoid maelstrom, don't be alarmed, they're just testing out our latest invention, and who knows, maybe one day those carbon fibre caustic cloudproof underpants will become a fashion statement in their own right. Keep an eye out for the latest hut and fashion trends. Meanwhile, Flossie's update on the community goals will be coming later in the show. Other commanders have chosen to follow our advice and they're preparing to take part in the CG. Will you be one of them? Stay tuned for more information. As for next week's headline, well, we're looking at pulling off Hutton's huge horn had a handy habit of hindering hostile hostiles handiwork. After 39 weeks or 9 months, too hot, too messy, the Hutton-led initiative to gather a Hutton mug and Centauri Megagen to all the stations of the galaxy has reached 71,000 deliveries. Again, last week was marginally up from the lows of previous weeks, leaving the four-week average a smidge above 1,000 deliveries a week. 
No new commanders have joined the effort this week, leaving 286 commanders signed up, representing 94 squadrons. Hutton still has the largest contingent, and now with 90 commanders who have delivered over 36,000 mugs, just more than half the total. So thanks to all the other squadrons taking part and delivering the other half. The Buckyball Racing Club are still sec in second place with over 4,300. The Winged Hussars are in third with over 3,000. The Paladins are in fourth with 1,800. The Burr Pits are 300 behind them in fifth. The Sotira Accord have jumped up to sixth. The Anti-Xeno Initiative are seventh. And the Undead are eighth, but only 60-odd mugs separate those three squadrons. We'll, we will see uh, the next squadron join the, which we'll see which is the next squadron to join the 1000 Club next week. Uh, so come on, Commander Border Reviver. You know you can do it. Commander Chicks is still leading the deliveries table with over 9,300 mugs delivered. Some say he's back in the Metrolo Piss with 21 at the Science Museum. Waller81 is second with over 8,400 deliveries, ahead of Nembin third with over 5,300, and Shea Blackwood is in fourth place with almost 4,200, ahead of Infinite Dreamer in fifth on 2,500. Commander Border Rev Reviver has leapt into 11th place as the 13th member of the 1000 Club. Of course, we know all this because it's tracked live in the Too Hot, Too Messy event page in the Hutton Helper. In addition to trying to impress the station barman with your mugging prowess, there is a chance to win a real world, handle at a jaunty angle, dishwasher unsafe Hutton mug. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in the weekly Thursday to Thursday period will be entered into next week's draw to win a real Hutton mug. Unless, of course, you already have one. 37 lucky commanders have accomplished this so far, and you can see a little golden mugs next to their names in the top commander's table. Last week's winner was Noddy Clone. So keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. If you had delivered 10 mugs and gin in every week since the start, nine months ago, you'd have wrapped up at least 390 deliveries and only 32, or just one in nine, signed up commanders have managed this if you haven't why not give it a try and share the burden in order to join in the fun you'll need to sign up by downloading the hutton helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download and then you can sign up and your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by entarius fusions non-gmo grass-fed replicant hamsters which come with a limited lifespan, but real lab-grown fur. Our very own apology officer has released the official report into the last infrastructure failure at the orbital. Did I? Yes, I've got it here. Signed and everything. I thought that was a delivery note from a platform crocs. What a flat platform croc. Oh, they are seriously handy when you walk into cubicle 3, I can tell you that for nothing. Anyway, the investigation turned up the full course of the last failure. It had been a quiet day at Hutton Orbital, 
when an unexpected visitor made their way to the station's restroom. Oh, this sounds like a bedtime story. More of a horror tale told around campfires, to be honest. Oh, I'll get my cocoa. Little did they know their actions would set off a chain of events that would leave the entire station in chaos. Yeah, situation normal then. According to eyewitness reports, security logs, analysis of the station, aardvark and reading of an enormous Word of the Week book, the visitor was none other than a rotten federal agent who had been sent to investigate rumours of anti-Hudson activities at Hutton Orbital. They had managed to sneak into the station undetected and were in desperate need of a place to dispose of their stolen loot, a precious Hutton mug. Unbeknownst to the agent, Hutton mugs are not only rare and valuable, but they also have a unique property. They heat up when exposed to frameshift energies from patching ships. And as fate would have it, just as the agent attempted to flush the mug down cubicle three's toilet, a nearby wing of ships jumped into supercruise. The resulting energy surge caused the mug to heat up rapidly. As soon as the mug made contact with the water, the contents instantly boiled, turned to steam and expanded, causing the toilet to overflow with scorching hot liquid. As the toilet continued to overflow, the inept federal agent panicked and tried to shut off the water supply, accidentally activating the sprinkler system before finding the correct valve. But the plumbing system had other ideas, and the valves wouldn't budge. Meanwhile, the scalding hot liquid began to seep out of the cubicle and into the corridors of the station. In a matter of moments, cubicle 3, the entire corridor and the entire section of the station was flooded with boiling water, coffee and other unmentionable substances. The resulting chaos quickly spread throughout the station, with alarms blaring and personnel scrambling to contain the damage. Before long the entire station was in chaos. Commanders were slipping and sliding in the hot liquid, trying desperately to avoid the spreading mess. The Centauri Megagin distillery had to shut down production due to the contamination and a Hutton Orbital mug production facility was forced to temporarily close its doors. It took a team of engineers several hours to get the plumbing under control and clean up the mess. But even now, months later, the incident is still the talk of the station. Some commanders say they can still feel the heat emanating from cubicle 3 and there are rumours that the affected corridor has been renamed the Hot Mess in honour of the incident. Despite the best efforts of the station's crew, the damage was extensive. It took days of repairs and a significant amount of credits to restore the section to its former glory, or rather grubby glory, but the incident left a lasting impression on the station's inhabitants, who now know better that than to mess with Hutton mugs, especially if the, in the station's restrooms. As for the federal agents, they were caught red-handed and promptly arrested for their crimes. 
the Hutton Mug, meanwhile, was retrieved from the wreckage and returned to its rightful place in the Mug Hall of Fame, where it remains to this day as a cautionary tale to all who dare to cross the line. Um, where did you get that mug of cocoa? It was in a little box in the Hall of Fame, why? The one marked Biohazard. Yeah, but that's just to stop people stealing it. And it's warm. And unsurprisingly nutty. Mimic! Good evening, truckers! ISIS 5060 reporting in with the latest updates on the Fargoid War! More victories for humanity as we continue to hold back the Fargoids and away into the core of songs in our reality! Last week, Hexwing alongside the Mode, or is it M-O-D, Alliance successfully defended the Ariates Sector DQ-Y C-18 HIP 2257 2527 63 Everdaddy and Xenokidi With these victories came the news that the new Pulse Wave Neutralizer that can overcome the shutdown field and repulsion field in the milestones was successfully tested and a new initiative was launched to help establish the manufacturing facilities for it. Axwing, your orders for this week will be to help in this effort by shuttling cobalt, ion distributors and power converters to Clement Orbital in the YZ SETI system. Let's get tracking, trackers! For the bug! A quieter week still, but there is trouble brewing. We have another war pending in you know where, with you know who. Five systems find themselves on the naughty step this week. More on those news com- stories coming up. It was pretty much a race to the bottom this week. One won by the smallest of margins by 36. Opiuchi, Alvin's new, newest lay thing. Not so much a hostile challenge for control, but just a system dust up as four of the native factions are engaged in a pair of civil wars, locking up matters for the foreseeable. Almost the low system on the pile pipped in, pipped to it, and hence no cigar is staying 2051, also on 32% suffering both a pirate attack and a war locking up 40% of the system's influence, it is going to into next week before we can boost Hutton's fortunes. Hill Pass High continues its doldrum dwelling, sitting lost of, of a pile system of on 35%. Second on 35 is Avic, where once again the galactic quiff himself is once again trying to conquer poor little Avic. You know the drill, you've done it endlessly. Joining them on 35 is You Know Where, last of the five delinquents, which is apparently elated, drunk on investment and civil liberty, where folks are giving it the whole 8.2296 metres. Whatever that is. A lot, I think. In Minchcut, it was a close shave for second place. No, it wasn't, but never let the truth get in the way of a smutty gag. 
Monty P has been weaving some skullduggery and we're now challenging the controlling faction in an election for control of the system. Alvin is very happy at the prospects and is willfully succumbing to belly rubs, by which I mean demanding them. So, Pete, get over there and stuff some ballot boxes and jerry some manders. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have four systems on or above 60%. Priorities this week are, if you want to chuck something, win the election in Minjkut. If you want to shoot something, win the war in Avic against Sirius and kill some pirates in Alpha Centauri and Stein 2051. Oh, my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a short one. <laughs> yeah, it was a short one. Yeah. yeah. Well, me of a thing. <laughs> from those first three words, I, I just cracked up. Mm. I just wanted I just wanted to say thank you to Flossie for lifting me up onto my chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it, it was a long set of news overall, though. We, we ran out of undersounds. Yeah, mm, we had to restart. I've run out of seamless in the edit. I've run out of undersides before. What I found was best was just to turn them round and play them the other way around. <laughs> so, did anyone see the Frontier live stream? Was that one? No. Um, no. Yeah, well, well, in that case, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the best ones they ever happened to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, do we have any space news? Uh, oh, there's always some space news. We like space news. Yeah, there's, what, there's watch not, this space, the space not news. Much, there's not much in the way of space news, but there is space news. Well, there's, there's bits and pieces. Oh. I mean, uh, yeah. e- Elon put up uh, another Falcon 9 with 74 million additional uh, Starlink satellites and where, also where launched it. Where did they put it up? <laughs> you don't want to know. He yeah. also he also launched his uh, Super Heavy, for apparently its sixth ever launch, and that was another successful one. Nice. Uh, is it, it going to blow up anytime soon? No, it's all boring. They, they went up successfully. If, if you want disasters, uh, the ESA's got a disaster going on. Ooh. Yeah, they're, uh, they're Juice Explorer, you know, the Jupiter Icy Moon Explorer. Juice. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, sure there's a, I'm sure it's not a backronym at all. It, uh, mm. it, it, it can't get its antenna up. Well, well no, that can be said for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did they come with there's a, a little supply of a uh, little blue pills? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, appa- apparently, I didn't preparing... know they were Jim. I didn't know they were blue, Jim. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the thing is 16 meters long. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised it's struggling to get it all. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. it's an impressive yeah. length. Mm. But yeah, that's um, what's, what's the what's the girth? <laughs> I, I, I dread to think. But it would be really unfortunate if it genuinely if it, if it can't get it up because um, it's actually the the radar for the for the uh, surface penetrating radar that's meant to be mapping the depth of the ice to see if there's underwater underwater oceans under so, ice oceans beneath the surface. Oh, that'd be nice. So well, it's, did did you say what was stopping it from getting it up? Apparently, there's a little pin jammed in the way that's uh, stuck. That isn't meant to be oh. stuck and isn't meant to be jammed in the way and possibly isn't meant to be a pin, but um, it is and it is <laughs> and it is and that's um, not good news. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. So I don't know. Funny, but I thought they checked for this kind of stuff before they sent them out. They tend to, but uh, either yeah. they missed it or it didn't come out properly or something. But um, or yeah. it's yeah, it's something's happened on the way and it's supposed to be somewhere else. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, but it's the um, it's it, it's pretty much the the headline science instrument of the of the entire mission. So um, if your if mean, your radar well, like, for exploring yeah. icy moons on an icy moons exploring mission isn't working, then um, well, there's plenty well, of other science well, as well, 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 I'm well, sure. Not well, to a degree, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not completely gubbed. It will do something. Um, no. All no, right, okay. The, the, the radar is completely gubbed. Oh, the, the, there is other science on board. Is, it's like you said. I mean, surely they check for these things before it gets deployed. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure somebody had a big, long check, tick, tick list and ticked off every single item, including removing all of the little storage pins and things. And then... Um, mm. Yeah, we may never know. Could be that it's meant to be oh. there and it got a bit bent because things get shaken about a bit when people launch rockets. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering if it's dropped in for somewhere else, you know, where maybe mm. something's deployed and the pin's supposed to drift off, but the pin is actually yeah. drifted out of there and getting jammed or lodged. Mm. There might be yeah. some things you can do. There might be some manoeuvres I can do to kind of dislodge it, you know. Possibly. Oh, the other piece Especially of space. Especially when they get near to the moon, where there's some there's some gravity that might help them. Yeah, the other piece of space news I heard earlier in the week was that uh, yeah. the. Um, uh, <clears throat> let's try that again without choking. The <laughs> um, the, the, the rover on Mars, uh, which one is it? Perseverance has lost yeah. its pet rock. Oh. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. I, I don't know if you knew he had a pet rock, but yeah, Perseverance had a pet rock. It was rolling along and tr tr trundling happily around, and one day they noticed in the camera that inside one of the wire mesh tyres there was a rock. Yeah. Oh. And, and that was months ago. And they've been trundling <laughs> along, and this rock's been rolling along inside the tyre, rattling happily, and Percy had a pet rock. But nice. uh, last weekend, I think it was, they noticed that uh, no rock. It's not there anymore. Maybe, pictures. maybe it's migrated for the winter. Possibly. Did they name it? Well, Percy might have, but I don't think anybody at NASA did. So, yeah, they did. You know they did. <laughs> so yeah, the end there gave that thing a name. You know what? Percy's pet rock, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Percy's pet Peter. Rocky. Sylvester. McCoy or the cat. Stallone. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you're going to get Rocky about it. Yeah, maybe they called it Frankenfurter. <laughs> you can tell Chicks isn't here this week. <laughs> Everyone's making up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, not really. The jokes are still crap. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Anyway, shall we move on? Uh, do we have a mug winner this week? Well, I've not, I've not received a name yet. <laughs> I hope. I hope there is one, but uh, I've not had a reply from Shouty yet. So, Shouty, if you're out there, please can you have a mug winner? Come Paging on, Mr. Shouty. Paging Mr. I've, Shouty. I've messaged him, but no reply yeah. yet. Shouty to the communication system, please. Shouty to I the will. communication system, please. If I hear please. anything before the end of the show, obviously I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that then, shall yeah. we? We'll come back to that at some point. Anyway, what did the week? Believe me. Oh, what was that? 
Velaity. It means a wish or inclination not strong enough to lead to action. Could you use it in a sentence, please? I certainly can use it in a sentence. Commander Volcarius wanted to turn Hutton Radio off, but it was just a velaity as the button was on the far side of his cockpit. (laughs) You know, I think my my manager has a lot of velaities. He has lots of wishes and inclinations, and none of them ever seem strong enough to lead me into actions. Yeah, no, that's, that's a different thing. Ah, just right. For, uh, that's, just, that's just you not doing what your boss tells you. That's a different thing. Just, but, just um, for Commander Vulcarius, it's V E L E I T Y. That's Victor Echo Lemur. Lemur Echo India. I'm going to see if I can post it this week. Let's have a look and see what I can do here. Copy. Let's see if I can put it in the chat. I'm sure I can. Ooh, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Shouty's been shouted at and shouted oh. back. Oh. <gasps> oh, do we have a mug winner then? It depends if their, um, if their name is all, all expletives and possibly yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the winner is... Bandicoot. Oh! Another regular in the Hutton runs. That's Bandicoot. Yeah, Bandicoot. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. Bandicoot. So if you send us your details, you probably know how by now, but you never know, you may not. Send an email to itookpartatuttonorbital.com with a little bit of proof of who you are and your contact details for where to send the mug. So Generally, we will accept a picture from inside your cockpit which shows your commander name. Yeah, something along those lines. We will need an address to send it to. Uh, we kind of like to have a mobile phone number for the couriers, but yeah. uh, we, we won't use it for anything else. Bank we won't spam you or ring you or anything like that. Yeah, bank Photo details and pin numbers, good. Stop promise it. promise not to bump dial you or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Pin code, date of birth, inside yeah. leg measurement, outside leg measurement, um, collar size, hat size. It's imperative. Number of fingers and number of toes. We've had problems with that in the yeah. past. If you could draw us a diagram with that so we know how many you've got in the left hand and how many you've got in the right hand and the same of your feet. How but about make the other a hand? nice drawing, you know. Yeah. Not how just a finger. That's fingers. We don't count winkies. And on that comment. note... <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to, but I stopped myself. <laughs> If you're counting to 21, we're going to, we're going to send someone around to have a good look at you. Um, Are you volunteering? <laughs> no, no, God, no. It depends on who <laughs> upset is that week. What if they get send to 22? Oh, they'll be fine then. Oh, it's okay then. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, if you get a third nipple, we need to know about it. Mm. I, believe that's referred, I believe that's referred to as a nubbin. Yeah, especially nothing. in friends. Yes. No, among friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we should probably move on. I yeah, think that's idea. probably safer. I'm going to make people. I'm just about to make people really bloody wish we had continued that conversation. <laughs> what do you call an anteater that plays poker? Um, Rich. Poor. Not Jeff. Oh, I was going to say Jeff. Frank? I know you were going to say Jeff. No. George. It's a card fark, shark fark. 
Arvark! <laughs> let's let let's just get to Flossy with the CG news. Good idea. Who wants to hear about nubbins? <laughs> here with this week's CG News. There were no CGs last week, but this week's started on Tuesday. Probably so they would finish before update 15, currently due on Tuesday the 9th, after the coronation bank holiday. Established Thargoid Pulse Neutralizer production and protect deliveries to Clement Orbital. Aegis has requested materials in the YZ SETI system to mass-produce a defence for ships entering the maelstroms. Professor Alba Tesoro, head of the Tri-Superpower Agency, announced the initiative at a press conference. Final tests being conducted on the Thargoid Pulse Neutraliser, which offers a ship's a brief window of insulation from the energy wave encountered inside a maelstrom. Aegis has been assigned a generous budget to purchase large quantities of cobalt, iron distributors and power converters. These will be used to create a manufacturing and distribution base, making the Thargoid Pulse Neutralizer commercially available at all rescue megaships. Clement Orbital in the YZ SETI system will serve as a delivery point for all shipments. If Tier 1 of the campaign is reached, the Thargoid Pulse Neutralizer will be made available at tech brokers on all rescue megaships. Aegis has also been authorised to redeem bounty hunting vouchers for all wanted ships in the vicinity. Since tr transporting such valuable materials, is likely to attract pirates. The top 10 contributors of HCG will receive a Thargoid Pulse Neutralizer, which will be placed in storage at the Oren Miller Megaship in the Digiomania system. As an additional incentive, the top 75% of contributors of HCG will receive an Aegis paint job as follows. Imperial Clipper Aegis Rampart, Federal Gunship Aegis Rampart, Alliance Crusader Aegis Rampart. The campaign began on the 2nd of May and will run for one week. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant. Before delivering cobalt, iron distributors and power converters, or handing in bounty vouchers to Clement Orbital in the YZ SETI system. Only bounty vouchers handing in, handed in after signing up will count toward your personal contribution total. Now I did have some uh, screenshots of the ship paint jobs but they don't appear to have been shown so I don't know if we can uh, sort that out <laughs> um, so that you can see what they're like. 
And that's it for this week's CG News. That's a good start. Hmm. No, you want the end, not the beginning. Seamless. <laughs> seamless. 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 Shut up. Flossy told you what to do. Yay. Thank you, Flossy. Sadly, there is no Gullnet News Digest this week. Commander Wotherspoon has been called to the Science Museum, where he will become a living exhibit. Visiting school groups will be sent to examine him in an attempt to identify if he's animal, mineral or vegetable. Our money is on vegetable. Beetlejuice is hand-painting bunting for Alvin's Jubilee. So, let's just move on to the Hutton Helper results with Mia. Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free astromech droid to set up the back in contradiction binary. This week we have the following events. The Kessel Run Cup, the Going to Tashi Station for Power Converters Tournament, the Pick Me Up a Carton of Blue Milk Deja Vu Trophy, the That's No Moon Charity Shield, the Beskar Coffee Cup Spectacular and the 2000 now and 15,000 when we get to Alderaan Awards. So, jump in your X-Wing. The Hutton Helper results are Kuropatawa 22 jumped 22,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Fish 2193 sold 52,000 tonnes of cargo. Rinswin Kimru sold Oh, his top mission runner with 633 mission points. Alex Zuno handed in 444,444,444 credits worth of bounties. Farcup handed in 1.3 billion credits of combat bonds. Flyzilla destroyed 908 Thargoys and Hentai Question Mark Senpai delivered 1,092 people to their various destinations. So, decals for Kuropatwa 22, Flyzilla, Hentai Question Mark Senpai, Lilith Serenada, Super Systems Visited, Mike Castiglione for Exploration Data Cast In, and Lurient, I don't know why Lurient got one, Val, Val Silvana for Object Scans. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hunting decal kit, which this week consists of two scruffy looking nerf feathers a Kyber Crystal and a Jawa with a hangover. There have been nine Hutton runs in the last seven days. They are Norbert Patinod, two runs, one hour, 24 minutes, six seconds. Steve King, four runs, one hour, 24 minutes, nine seconds. Noddy Clone, one hour, 24 minutes, 50 seconds. And Bandicoot, our this week's mug winner, with two runs, the best of which was five hours, 
nine minutes and 15 seconds. Must have something to watch a film. That was a hot and walk, yeah, not a hot and run. Yeah, oh, you should see the slow time. The slow time's unbelievable. It's about nine hours or something. Uh, anyway, there is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing retipulated, desalinated, sugled, taken offline, exploded, launched, verified, motivated, evacuated, unfriended, ejected, manhandled or womanhandled, smeared, deflected, kept warm in the oven, emphasised, fertilised, snuffled, flip-flopped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, ginned, wrapped up with a pretty bow, shipped short, rescued, having their immersion ruined, battered and deep-fried, Dead dropped, painted and rolled down a hill, destroyed, bought, phoned in, squeezed, inflated, put on a gammon steak, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted, eviscerated, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, motherized with an S, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, reallowed after consulting VAR, smelted, loved, adored, cherished, and propagated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching Hutton decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.forthemug and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three enduring formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than not realising that tomorrow is... Revenge of the Fifth. Anyway, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. See, that button works fine. Thank you, Mia. Uh, now we go to Amelia Hawk for the Gallant Race Digest. You are about to listen to Amelia Hawk. She tries all the galaxy's most dangerous rare items, so you don't have to. looking into long-vanished rares, the kinds of things that used to be prevalent across the universe, but to date, and in modern times, can't be bought anywhere. I've been digging through an old pilot's flight training manual and discovered some handwritten notes in the back mentioning the system Quator, and something called a Scourge of Deadly Edible Arts Graduates which sounds like just my kind of adventure. You may have heard of the infamous infamous Quator system, a lawless backwater that's been the scourge of the galaxy for years. But did you know that Quator is also home to deadly edible arts graduates? Now, before you start salivating at the thought of devouring a fellow human being, let me clarify. It's the arts they produce that are edible, not the graduates themselves. Although there have been a few incidents where some overzealous foodies have tried sticking a fork into the poor graduates. Early explorers documented their first attempts at cannibalism. And the reviews state that the edible arts graduates are known for their unique flavour profile. These graduates have a hint of sweetness with a slightly bitter aftertaste. Similar to that of burnt caramel with a hint of parental disappointment. The texture is chewy and dense, 
reminiscent of a tough cut of meat, or a, a forum troll's personality, or a rather large jelly baby without much jelly and an awful lot of protein. But, but I digress. Do not eat the edible arts graduates. It's illegal, it's immoral, and even though they can grow new ones, it's just wrong. In this Garnet Rares review, we will be exploring the tantalizing tastes of Quator's edible arts and why they become a deadly scourge in the system. So sit back, relax, and prepare to have your taste buds tantalized. Or, or reading ahead, maybe not. Um, first, the reason why these graduates are so deadly. The key lies in their training. These graduates have been trained in the art of creating edible works of art, using a variety of ingredients and techniques that are, well, quite frankly, not safe for consumption. Think raw meat marinated in battery acid or garnished with Thargoid resin foam. The, this results in a dish that can cause severe gastrointestinal distress or even death in those who dare to try. As for how they form a scourge, well, it, it's simple. These graduates, in their quest for culinary perfection, have become so consumed by their craft that they have forsaken all other pursuits, including basic hygiene and safety protocols. As a result, the Quator system has seen a rise in food-related illnesses and fatalities, leading to a major health crisis. It, it's not just the local population that is affected either, as these deadly dishes have made their way into the black market and are now sought after by thrill-seeking foodies across the galaxy. Uh, a modern twist on fugu, maybe? The dish I was served was called Quatorian Delight. The presentation was exceptional, with the dish arranged in an intricate and beautiful pattern. The odour was remarkable, with a mix of pungent and sweet smells that made my mouth water. And the flavour was surprising, with a, a complexity that was unlike anything I've ever tasted before. Think of it as a Russian roulette with a side of salmonella. As they say, no pain, no gain, or, or in this case, no risk, no flavour. But let's talk about what goes into making this deadly dish. The ingredients are a closely guarded secret of the Quator school. But from what I've been able to gather, they include a mix of genetically modified fungi, a rare mineral found only on a few select planets, and a dash of something called liquid darkness that I'm pretty sure is illegal in most civilized systems. The preparation process is just as deadly as the ingredients. The fungi are first marinated in a solution of battery acid in a patented process known as volatile infusion and a concoction made from ground-up pieces of rare crystal found only on a moon orbiting a black hole. The mineral is then ground up and sprinkled over the top, along with a garnish of something that looks suspiciously like shards of broken glass. It, it's like a science experiment gone wrong. I, I mean, but in a good way. But despite all of this, the Quatorian delight was surprisingly delicious. The mix of flavours and textures that was unlike anything I've ever tasted. And I found myself going back for bite after bite. Uh, or, or maybe crunch after crunch. 
of course, I, I did have a healthy dose of advanced nanomedicines as an appetizer, just to be safe. In conclusion, if you ever find yourself in the Quator system, be sure to seek out the Quator School of Edible Arts and try their deadly but surprisingly delicious Quatorian delight. Just be sure to have your advanced nanomedicines handy and, and don't blame me if you end up spending the night in the bathroom. As for the graduate who served me, well, his name is Xander Zemis. And he actually graduated with top honours from the Quator School uh, in the same year that LCU No Fool Like One flunked the course. Um, something to do with what he was doing to those chickens. Despite his parents' wishes for him to pursue a more lucrative career, Xander was drawn to the world of culinary arts from a young age. Apparently, he liked eating the sand from the sandpit in the garden and could often be found sticking toys in his mouth. Xander studied a range of modules, including molecular gastronomy, uh, flavour unpairing and edible artistry using dangerous ingredients. He was particularly drawn to the molecular gastronomy module, which taught him how to use cutting edge technology like scanning electron microscopes and laser scalpels to create intricate dishes that were as visually stunning as they were delicious. Xander's final project at the school was a dish called Black Hole which was made using a combination of ingredients that included crushed void opals, uh, a rare species of toxic mushroom found only in the bilges of deep space exploration ships, and a type of seaweed that was known to be lethal in large doses. Despite the danger associated with the dish, it received widespread acclaim from the faculty and the student body alike, cementing Xander's place as one of the most talented graduates to come out of the Quator School of Edible Arts in recent years. The year he graduated, the mortuary was full of very happy food critics. The most dangerous job in the system. I asked him about his job prospects and he's very proud that with a first class honours degree in deadly food, he's, he's managed to secure a job at McThargoids. He's got ideas on, ideas on how to improve the McStiff using concrete and rebar. Anyway, this is Amelia Hawke reporting from the infirmary wing at Quator, where I'm having my insides regrown on a biological lattice. I've tried the galaxy's most dangerous foods and paid the price, so you don't have to. But at least they were tasty. Sounds even more dangerous than usual. You sure you're okay? <laughs> yes, yes. Biologically regrown insides. Oh. Well, as long as they still work. Lucky well, so students. far so good. <laughs> Lucky uh, students. Yeah. Do they, do they come with a guarantee? Because I suspect that next week you'll be putting them to the test again. No, no, no guarantee. I should oh, really look dear. into the fine paperwork. Well, keep, keep the receipt just in case. Yes. Always good advice that. Keep the receipt just in case. <laughs> Keep the receipt just in case. <laughs> well, I think I think 
I think and, we're done. And I think we're done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, mm. that, that's, that's worrying. It's been a 55-minute show. You can't have to tell that <laughs> David's not here. But we did skip out on Garnet as well. I mean, there's there's big chunks. Mm. Yeah, blame blame David Peter. Sorry for Wotherspoon. Yeah, don't feel sorry for Wotherspoon. He's all gallivanting. Yeah, dirty little stop out. Yeah, just think of it this way. Next week, they'll all be back and they'll all be telling us all about the amazing Thursday they had at the Science Museum and the show will go on until Saturday morning. And we won't get a word in edgeways. No. Mm Back to normal then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but Commander Valkarius is right. They're all fruiting around. They are. They are. Yeah. I guess that means there's only one thing left to do. Warn any new so. listeners that it's about to get very, very loud. So turn your headphones down. Play the <laughs> uh, the early warning system. Mug. 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 Journey too long, cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anyway. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more. For the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing a trucker's song Flossie always seems to crash into the sun Skibble the pilot on the Xbox One Helping out the free, you know he leads us well Trucking across the galaxy now, everybody else. Yeah. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the hunting trucker's song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chokers song Give you cargo and sing you my song 
No point turning to lie years to go Cruising to work No journey too long No cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, any time, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chuckers song for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the Chuckers song. That's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Seamless.